What's up, my confidence queens? Are you ready to feel confident as fuck? I'm your host, the confidence queen herself, Alicia Lechuga, and I am your confidence bestie. I went from trying to shrink my body in order to find happiness and approval to finally letting go of dieting, others' opinions, and inspiring hundreds of women along the way. This podcast is all about confidence, living unapologetically as yourself daily, and ultimate self-love. This is Confident as Fuck. All right, welcome back to Confident AF. I am here with Zoe. I am so, so excited to have her on today. So Zoe is a light worker, which I'm going to have her explain to us. So don't worry. She is a light worker and she works mainly through Instagram, correct? Yeah, that's right. Awesome. Um, so Zoe and I met because she actually emailed me um, through my email. So if you guys ever want to be a guest on the podcast or you have a guest that you want to recommend, you can always uh, reach out either through DM, through Instagram, the podcast Instagram or myself, which will be linked for you guys, or you can email me directly. So she pitched herself to be on the podcast, which I think is amazing. Um, if you are trying to grow your brand, that's a huge, huge thing to do. And it's very, very easy. I never say no to anyone unless it's just like out of left field. But anyways, um, that's how Zoe and I met. So we met on, uh, through email and then we connected on Instagram, did a live together. And I was telling my husband today, when you were going to come on, I was like, I'm really excited to talk to her because you're easy to talk to. You're easy. It's flowy. We're on the same wavelength. So I'm excited to see where our combo leads us. So welcome. Hiya. That was such a lovely intro. Thanks, Alicia. And I'm just really thrilled to be here. I was really looking forward to it as well. Thank you. Me too. So give us a kind of a background on who you are and what you do, what your work is. And if you can define a light worker for us, that would be awesome. Yeah, sure. So I'm probably going to have to go back to childhood just to kind of give you a background and how I got into this work. And um, so as a child, I was an empath through and through um obviously in the and I've always got I'm showing my age but in the 70s and 80s in UK you know England no one talked about that stuff you know I had no one around me that had any kind of spiritual um inclinations and it was only through kind of um you know looking back and, and having this understanding as an adult that I understood why I struggled so much as well, particularly as a teenager, you know, with that kind of oversensitivity onboarding of, you know, all the crap that that everyone goes through and not understanding what was my own stuff or what was what what belonged to other people. So there was all of that going on. I was also very psychically open, which I didn't understand. I mean, as a, and I always say as children, you know, children are so accepting and matter of fact about, you know, what happens to them. And I was seeing all sorts of stuff. I remember how, flying. I remember actually flying and I have those memories. So I was obviously having a lot of um, out of body experiences, but I didn't understand what it was or have that language. It never freaked me out but I just kind of accepted it but um obviously as time went on I just shut down because the, like I said there was no one around me that was really talking about any of that sort of thing um and as a teenager um you know as a, a you know massive empath hugely oversensitive I learned to keep myself small. I was very mousy, kept myself under the radar. Um, I am naturally shy anyway. Um, 
but it, it kind of also results in people pleasing behaviors which is very typical of empaths and it's you know I work with empaths now a lot um in in the work that I do and so you know I just it was just kind of an acceptance this is how how what you know who I am how I deal with it and I didn't really question it beyond that and then going into adulthood I trained as a teacher I come from a long line of teachers and um I uh, was working in, again, a very stressful environment because schools are hugely, um, you know, there's a lot of anxiety and, you know, a lot of pressure and all the rest of it. And um, I there were a lot of children that were school refusing. So I asked the head if um, I could um, start doing some yoga and meditation because I, I was starting to get interested in all of that. And these kids really responded really well. And it it just lit me up. So I, at the same time, I I kind of had a bit of a mini breakdown. I left work and I was like, oh my God, I don't know who I am. And you know how your identity is really wrapped up in, in what you do sometimes. You know, for me, I, did, I had no purpose. I had, you know, I just knew that I was a teacher, but I couldn't be there in that environment anymore. And I, um, luckily I have, I was married, so um, still married and um, my husband was able to support me while I kind of figured out my next steps. Um, but I also had this kind of memory of really loving helping those children and really understanding the energy and how to run energy on them. I was doing little energy techniques and things. So that was the start of the light work. So it's a bit of a long story, but I'm getting to the end of it now. <laughs> and um, and then I started to invite women over to, to my house in my living room and would talk about kind of, um, you know, little spiritual aspects, energy, because I was starting to really become interested in that cosmology as well, which I love. And we followed the moon phases and I'd run a bit of energy. I'd trained in, in a modality at this point, a healing modality. And that just kind of grew. Then COVID hit and um, I went online as probably a lot of us did. And it, so it was this kind of woman's circle that I took online. And at this point, I'd realized that obviously I was an, an empath, but I started to get very interested in light work. And to me, um, to come back to your original question, um, so obviously, we, you know, all light workers, I feel, are empathic. That's where we start often. You know, we have this sensitivity to energy. And when empaths really start to understand this, they become very skilled at reading another person's energy field. They understand what's their stuff and what belongs to the other person. And that that really, to me, is the start of the light work. So, you know, they become very discerning. Often we, we may go further. We learn to protect our own energy because we have real boundaries, real problems with um, energy protection you know we onboard too much but we're all we also struggle with boundaries massively because we feel so much and we want to fix whatever we feel so there's all of that um but also as a light worker what what I feel the big difference between an empath and a light worker and what really defines a light worker is this incredible ability to hold space and what I mean by that is that we 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 become very skilled at just sensing another person's distress or struggle or, you know, dense energy. And we know how to 
A, not get impacted by that, but B, support them energetically by, you know, just not getting involved, not, you know, just being there, having a presence, um, you know, expanding our light and all of these beautiful things. And, you know, I really feel that light workers are really needed, um, especially we were just saying at the beginning, weren't we? There's so many people that are struggling right now. And if we're not doing that all important inner work, it, I, th- I really feel it's becoming more and more of a struggle for people. So light workers really come into their own because they can hold this space for people. I feel like <laughs> I have not decided if I'm going to be the person that like takes notes and tries to write things down as the person is talking, or if I'm going to try to be a Joe Rogan and remember it and touch it. Um, because I, there's so much I want to say on that. So I want to start with where you were talking about people pleasing and Mm -hmm. people pleasing being part of, or not part of, but usually connected to being an empath. Um, And how, first of all, how would you know if you are an empath? Like I know through human design, you can tell, um, I, I I do not know the exact words, but you know what I mean? Um, you can tell through human design, but how else would you know that you're an empath and that that may be part of the reason that you may struggle with people pleasing? It's that's such a good question, Alicia. And I always think it's like a personal thing. You know, there's lots of definitions, isn't there, out there between, that you know, someone who's highly sensitive, someone who's an introvert, someone who's an empath. But I, for me personally, and, and through working with clients who are obviously empathic, for me, it's someone who is very sensitive, but can all, it, it goes beyond sensitivity. It's almost like you go into, the best way I can describe it is like you go into a room and you just get this feeling of whether that room feels lighter or denser. You know, you go to a supermarket and you're, you're feeling fine one minute and then suddenly you're feeling anxious or irritated or whatever. And you think, well, where's this come from? It's that kind of feeling. So it's like, um, it's beyond an, an oversensitivity to what someone might be saying or a situation. It's almost like you read energy. It's it's like one step beyond that for me. But it also comes with this potential of, you know, being able to really harness the energy because you, it's like you're so fine tuned to it that, that if you learn to protect your energy and you learn to hold it and manipulate it in, in, in a good way, um, you know, that 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 really, um, yeah, it, it can be really incredible for you and for others. Um, but does that explain for sure yeah yeah um it does because well I didn't really ever think of myself as an empath because of how I grew up my mom is very um like very uh I'm losing the word that I'm looking for but um no like um empathy I guess is the word I'm actually looking for so she a lot of times doesn't have a tolerance for people um, having like very strong emotions, I guess. So like a lot of her philosophy would be, or things that she would say would be like, okay, just get over it. Or, um, you know, like get your, you know, put on your big girl pants and move on type of thing. And I always, obviously as being her child, I 
always kind of adopted that same aspect. And as I got older, I realized like, okay, am I doing this out of like, is that how I really feel? Or is that um, something else? Or is that also like traumas that I don't want to feel my emotions and I don't want to give into other people feeling those emotions because I might then have to feel my own. Um, Mm -hmm. And then when I did my human design, I actually had um, Jenna from the pod squad. She did my human design reading and like explained my whole chart on the podcast. And she's like, oh, you're definitely like you're an empath because you have a open emotional center, a hundred percent open. Um, and I was like, whoa, like as she explained it, it made a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Um, but I want to ask, so like for me, right. I didn't even realize I was an empath. I obviously have my mom who is super hardcore and like no empathy. At least that's what she, you know, expresses. Um, So how do you know if you are empathic or just conditioned through traumas, upbringing, those type of things to push your emotions away or to feel emotions? Because I know the opposite can be true too, where you're really, really feeling into emotions. How do we know if it's conditioning, trauma, or truly who we are inside? Yeah, but that's, yeah, it's such a good, you know, such a good question. And I would just go back to how I support clients with all of that. And, you know, I always come back to the point that we are emotional. We're here to feel we're, we're emotional beings and that's part of our makeup. We have an emotional body. Um, so I would always say, and I hope I'm answering your question is, you know, you, it's, it's so important to learn to sit with our emotions and not, you know, not get carried away in that, not, you know, I always sort of teach my clients to, you know, just be okay and not being okay so that we can, you know, there's always a processing that needs to go on. And I know that as empaths in particular, because we have this real fine tune to you know to frequency to words you know people you know for example I met someone who lost their son um just over the fields I don't know him very well I was on a dog walk and he was telling me and and it it just impacts you and it will stay in your body um so that it's just like this kind of need to emotionally process which becomes very key when we're very emotional I mean obviously we are born empaths not all of us but but some of us are born empathic it's not something we become or it's already within us but we have learned to shut that down like you say maybe you've been taught to ignore that um but what's really key for everybody is like I said to be able to process those emotions and not you know, not shut down from them because that caught, you know, you can feel it in the body. It causes stress and, and, you know, um, inner turmoil and and all sorts of problems further down the line. So I hope that's answered your question. For sure. Yeah. I think, um, obviously, yeah. Looking back in my own childhood right now, I can see like their, the emotional, um, intelligence, right. Of the people that were around me, wasn't very, probably very high, um, probably like a lot of our parents. And so that was a huge struggle between me and my, uh, parent. Right. So now, like you're saying, it's not something that I learned to become empathic, right. I probably always was empathic and that was a huge struggle for me. 
right. As being with, I I think my mom is probably empathic as well. Mm -hmm. However, you know, through different um, circumstances in her life, like you said, you learn to shift that through conditioning and stuff. So yeah, that really, really answers that. Um, I loved all the different words that you used to almost describe, um, empathy and then also energy. So Mm -hmm. when you were describing being a light worker and what that really means, you, it seemed like to me, do you use almost like light, the word light in the context of light worker, um, almost in replacement of energy? Yeah. So yes. Or synonymous, I guess, is the way way I would say that. Yeah. 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 It's so, so, so if I go back to the beginning, so for me, there is a, there is an energy that, that kind of unifies and connects all of us. We, we all have, we're all made of energy. It's probably the best way to explain it. Um, it runs through us. It runs through our emotions. So that this is why if we're highly sensitive, we can be with someone or we can think about someone and we can almost feel them energetically. Yeah. Um, everything, it, the space around us is, is filled with energy. Um, so, you know, we're, we're energetic beings. Nature is, is such a, you know, it's very energetic, There's, you know, with the plants and the animals and, you know, that all adds an energy as well. And this energy weaves through the planet, it weaves up into the cosmos, it connects the planets, you know, everything, we're all connected by energy. And this is when we hear this kind of, we're all connected, well, we are energetically. And that energy has a frequency, which is like a sliding scale. So for me, the frequency is more like, is probably another word for light. When I say light, it's, I'm talking more about frequency, yeah so our energy has this kind of sliding scale of frequency so when say if we're someone who's more negative and we like to you know talk about negative things and blah 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 that will lower over time if we're, we're constantly focusing like that that will lower our vibration or our frequency but if you know we kind of focus more on joy and love and we, we you know we, we're um we're more positive in a way not not in a kind of positive suppressed like you know like Pollyanna way but just we have more of a philosophical nature and way of looking at things our frequency or our light is raised now um you know I'm not it it's not it's not about as light workers or or for any of us it's not about being a hundred percent like yay you know it's it's not possible is it um so you know obviously we all have our challenges we all have our struggles we all get impacted by other different things and we we all get triggered and we all have suppression and we have blocks and we have you know all the rest of it which at times will lower our frequency but or our light but you know what what ultimately what we're trying to do is just embody and bring through more light so that we can kind of raise and elevate our energy more and our frequency our light and um you know and, and start to sustain that more and um you know and it's it's better obviously for our well-being um and for the well-being of others because obviously everyone the, the thing is what we've got to realize is that you know whatever we're you know however our frequency is if it's lowered that will be impacting on other people and that's the difficulty 
that's a challenge, right? As light workers, you know, I always feel I have this kind of responsibility to not only to myself, but to make sure that my frequency is is as raised as it can be. Obviously, I can't always be like that. It's not natural. But, um, you know, when I'm going for my shadow stuff, I, I try and sort of take myself away and, you know, work through it and try not to impact and project on others. And, and when I feel stronger, I, w- I will kind of start to see people again. I try and, you know, I just try and work through things like that and, um, you know, navigate navigate these things um, so that I'm not impacting on people too much. So is that kind of answered your question again, Alicia? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um... I love that you use that word and, and define the difference because it's similar, right? But it is a little mm, bit different. Yes. Um, and I love how you said too, that your energy, right? Like impacts others so much. Mm-hmm. And um, gosh, I'm like, there's so much to say, but the first thing I want to talk about is that that's probably where that phrase comes from of you're such a light, right? Mm. Is like that person that comes into the room and they just shift the energy in the room. They make everything feel a little bit better, even if it's not, you know, um, that's probably where that phrase comes from. But the other thing I wanted to, uh, touch on was how you were talking about how, since you are a light worker, right. And you help others Mm -hmm. that you don't want to have this, any type of like bring on any negative or low vibrational energy to not only your clients, but the people around you. And you're very aware of that. And I totally agree, even as like a coach, right? Even as a, um, even as just someone who, you know, like where you're entering a room, you want to be aware that you're not um, like dumping. I, me and my, um, one of my close friends, we do a lot of like voice messaging. And sometimes we will get in this like habit of like emotionally dumping on the other one. And we always like, we're like, okay, I see what I'm doing. I'm emotionally dumping on you. And I, so I'm so sorry. So do not like, do not take this, do not receive it. But, um, and kind of having that awareness. So if you have that awareness, right. Which I know exactly what you're talking about. Renee and I have been working a lot on this as well. Like as Renee and I are going, my husband and I have been going through a lot of family, um, stuff, but when we're going through it with the family, obviously both of us, we know we're super high, um, emotionally intelligent. Now we've worked a lot on that. We have a lot of energy control, right. A lot of protection. So then we, when we're interacting with family, we're trying to exemplify that. But then when we're here alone, just us, we've been, well, at least I have been like acutely, acutely aware of, not bringing that energy back with us. And even though we're like discussing it or having our convos about it and, you know, processing and giving our different like views on it, not bringing that and making that now our energy together, which is very, very like easy to do the opposite. So I really love that you said all of that. And like, when you're interacting with people all the time, as you are, as a um, person who's in the coaching industry or anybody who's doing like a one-to-one business or um, a service-based business or anything that involves where you're really talking to people like consistently closely, how do you then 
have someone to hold space for you? Or do you use a coach for that or a, another person or a different modality? No, oh, I love that. That's a, yeah, that, I mean, I have a business coach, um, but she's so much more than that. She's very soul led. And she also, you know, like I have wobbles, obviously, because it's a real up and down thing, isn't it? You know, in the entrepreneurial world, um, you know, when we're launching and all this kind of thing and, and, you know, starting out was really up and down for me. And I felt that, again, it, you know, it's, it's such an, a game, isn't it? And I always notice if my energy, you know, if I'm really plateauing and that kind of impacts on the business. So I uh, bought a coach on board and she's just been amazing. So she really holds a space. She holds a higher vision for me um so that really that's really really helped me to stabilize within that but I also have my own practices around that so you know a lot of the work that I do is very um intentional you know like every day I'll sit down and I journal and I kind of just you know dip into how I'm feeling you know what I'm sensing on the collective and um so I do all of that and then I run light often through my body um you know there's lots of little loads of loads of little things that I do um kind of throughout the day just to keep me stable because I'm so aware of how you know I feel like I've got big energy although I'm quite a quiet person I feel that my energy can be very impactful. If I'm not in a good space, nobody is in a good space because they feel it. I'm not projecting. It's not what I'm saying. It's just they pick up on it. Um, so I have to be really careful around that. Um, so yeah, I do lots of little things. I go for big, I have two dogs and I go for long dog, dog walks every day where I know no one else will be so that I can just, get that headspace and just you know work on work on my energy work on my visioning and just keep it as stable as possible it's just loads of things like that I, you know I just feel a really key especially as an empath as a light worker and like you because of the important you know role that we have if we're supporting someone and someone's place their trust in you do you know what I mean? It's it's really important that that we're aware of what we're bringing into the mix as well. So. Yeah, and uh, on the opposite side of that too, as a client, I think it's really important to assess your energy around the coaches or the mentors that you have, mm. and see like is this person bringing any, like, are they projecting, right? Are they projecting their energy on me? Or is this something that I'm really feeling? Like, I think that's really important to note too, um, for the other side of the conversation. But yeah, I, I really like that, that you couple the kind of like getting out of your own head and, and releasing energy with movement because so powerful, right. It's like moving that energy through the body and almost like releasing it into, the abyss because like you said no one's around so um <laughs> I really like that I really like that um I want to do the um a weekly fave and our little confidence corner do you have something you've been loving this week or something that made you feel confident this week 
Yeah, I was thinking about it before. It's something that I've been doing just super, super recently where it's really simple, but instead of like over December because of the end of the year, the completion, um, you know, we're already thinking about our intentions for the, for the new year, aren't we? And, um, you know, I've got my longer kind of long-term vision of where I want my business to be going and all this kind of thing. But I've also got keywords. Um, I think I saw it on someone's post. I can't remember whose. And I thought, I love that idea. So instead of having, um, you know, real kind of mantras or affirmations, which are brilliant, you know, really good. I've got three keywords that are just things that are really important to me. So my three are intention, sovereignty, and expansion and this is what I want for this year so everything that I do um whether it's buying a present for a friend or you know if I'm driving and it's like really I don't know I'm stuck in traffic or whatever I'm like right am I being sovereign at the minute or you know is this an intentional buy or and it just I, I find it really powerful it, it's really kept me so far on track um, and it's just a really, really easy way to just keep checking in with myself um, and just making sure I'm keeping on on track with with how I want to be, um, you know, going forwards into 2023. So, yeah, I'm loving that. I love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love like the word intention has gotten a lot bigger over the mm-hmm. last, I think, like year to two years. But it's really powerful when you sit down and think about like that just setting your intention or even defining what your intention may be by with anything. Like you said, it could be like driving your car or, um, anything from a purchase. Like you mentioned, it could be anything, um, how powerful that really can be Mm. for getting clarity on like, wait, why do I even want to purchase this? I don't even know what I'm intending to do with this. And saying that we want to do, um, I'm teaching a course on building community right now. And, um, one of the first things I I'm doing in the course is having them define what, what is your intention for creating the community? Like, why do we even want to create it? But it seems so like, duh, we need to know that, but we don't think through those things a lot of times. Right. No. And that's what I love about it. Cause it's almost like before I had goals, you know, you just set your goals, don't you? And it's a bit, and yeah, you know, but but often we'll write them down and then we kind of forget, I don't know, I would forget about them. I wouldn't come back to it, but mm-hmm. just having key words, I can just, it's because for me, what what's been really powerful is doing these little things every day. It's just those little things that all weave together to create this kind of higher version of you you know I found that really powerful over the last year and I've really noticed how um it's, it's a bit of a game changer to have these little things that will just keep you on track because I think you know human nature is to be all gung-ho isn't it and like yay I'm gonna you know this feels really good and I'm really lit up about it and then we just slowly well I I kind of slowly come off the boil again and and you know so I just think having having something you can just quickly do every day, I don't know, for me works so much better and yeah. just keeps me on track, like I said, yeah. Yeah, those daily like actions that become yeah. just part of your normal day-to-day that you don't even have to think about, game-changing, right? Like mm-hmm. it's almost like you don't even remember do- not doing them. Like not doing them seems almost like um, 
insane to you now. Um, and then as humans, right, we're so like good at just adapting. So it's like, if you can just slowly small increments and small, um, actions, like you said, daily small tasks that you do that you don't have to check off, but you have that word, that theme, right. I think about that a lot. Um, when we're like making goals or in my group right now, we're doing, um, we were doing manifestations, right? Future manifestations. So a little ambiguous, right? Like future, what do you want to accomplish? And for 2023, I'm like, okay, let's put these into three manifestations for 2023. And we're going to say those over and over because we're saying different ones every single day, but underlying there's a theme, right? What is the theme? There's a theme there. And most of us have different pockets of our life, but in each pocket, even though I may want to do this, 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 the underlying theme is be more intentional, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know that that will hold you to that energy. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think you're right in that we need we need the long-term vision, don't we? We need to hold that in front of us so we know where we're headed and we know what it what it looks like and feels like. And you know, it's a dream, isn't it, that we're we're anchoring through more. But but having those little anchors, I guess they're like anchors, yeah. aren't they? station anchors or call it what you will but that you know you it just I don't know it's just so easy to think okay is this decision aligned and that it's intentional is it am I being sovereign you know it just it just suddenly recalls me back to to who I you know really desire to be I've found it really 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 powerful actually that's awesome I love that I love that um is that your confidence is that bringing you confidence because I feel like it kind of is as well or is that your fave either one I suppose I've never thought about it like that but yeah absolutely because I just know I know that when I think like that and when I pull myself back and it's like it's keeping me accountable and I know that if I if my decision is intentional if the decision I took that day and I knew that I was being intentional. I asked myself about it. That that makes me confident that I've done the best that I could do. And I don't second guess myself. Yeah, so, I yeah. love that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how that type of confidence versus like, I guess what our typical like definition or what we picture when we think of confidence, the difference mm-hmm. of like an emotional um, confidence, or like you said, like an intentional confidence, or when you have something that wants to like throw you a little bit, and then you intentionally think about it and don't do it. Whoa, dude, that is a different level <laughs> of confidence. Like I, I was experiencing that like last week. Um, and I'm like, I, I told her like, I'm not even, I can't even really put into words how, how different and amazing that feels like an, another level. Mm, I love that yeah it's that it's it's like but that and that's the energy isn't it behind it mm-hmm. and it's funny you know you as a as a kid growing up for me because I am I'm honestly I am I'm quite a shy person and I'm very sociable but I'm quite shy in a way and my 
I suppose my definition of confidence was someone who was very loud and could really hold court. And but but as I've grown older and I guess wiser, sometimes not saying something is really freaking confident, isn't it? And powerful. You know, yes. just being there, that's holding space. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's actually, well, actually, this isn't about me. I don't, I'm not going to say anything. I just need to hold, I just need to be here for this person and I just need to you know, hold space. And and for me, that's really powerfully confident for yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really had to learn that being on the podcast and having guests and allowing them to just speak freely and not having to give my own interpretation or my experience or my story on it. Um, like the podcast has been such a huge growth for me personally because of that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to be confident enough to know that when people come into this space and maybe on this episode, they don't hear anything about me. They only hear the person, how it still resonates with my audience. And it still also uplifts me as a, as a host. Like it's just, yeah, it, it's so fulfilling to feel that way and to feel that confidence that you get when you can just be and your ego doesn't take over. And yeah, I, Renee and I have been saying that recently is like no response Mm -hmm. is the best response sometimes and how powerful that can be. Mm -hmm. So I love that you brought that up. Yeah, definitely. Do you know, it's funny. I was reading, but because I've just started a podcast and it was like, I was reading about, you know, the 10 top tips for, and that, that was mentioned that it's it's not about, yeah, it's not about us, you know, it's about allowing your, you know, you invite someone into your space, but you're allowing them to shine. And that was quite high up on the list often, Um, because I suppose instinctively we kind of know it, but I wonder, you know, that's really good that you've been really conscious about that. Because I wonder how, you know, how much we really do allow that other person to speak because it's like our show, isn't it? So right. that's really difficult, isn't it? To get out, get out of your own way. And 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 it's like coaching as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. And mm. it's, um, there's two things I want to say about that. But for the first thing is that like recording the podcast is one thing, right? Like we have a, mm-hmm. a um, a certain level of self-awareness, right? Like I'm having this conversation with you and especially when we're excited about the topic, which is pretty much everybody I bring on, I'm excited to talk about it. So a normal conversation, we would probably be like interrupting and, you know, we'd be talking and then we'd be like asking questions back and forth. And I try to have the podcast as much conversational as I can, but you're excited, right? So you are interrupting, but when I, I highly suggest everybody who has asked me about starting a podcast. Um, and if I edit it and what I do, I always suggest that they edit at least the first like few episodes or at least learn how to edit your own episodes. Um, not only for like the technical, right. But more for the ability to hear yourself back and to hear like, Oh my God, I just completely ran over that person's point And I did not even hear them talking about this. You know, you really, it's like, uh, more self-awareness. And, um, if you also have somebody, even just that alone would 
is helps me helped me, excuse me, leaps and bounds. Um, but if you don't want to do that, and if you're like, I don't want to um edit my own podcast or whatever, you don't have the time, I would highly suggest getting someone who you truly, truly trust to listen to it to give you a very, very honest opinion. Um, because unfortunately, my husband is fortunately and fortunately, he's very, very honest. So he actually didn't listen to an episode until like two or three episodes ago. He had never listened to one. And so I came to all this like on my own, which I think was great, but, um, he listened and me, I'm like, I've had so much growth. I'm doing my thing. I'm not interrupting people or at least I'm trying not to. Well, the episode that he listened to is someone I'm really excited to talk to. And he's like the first, he said, I only have one. I have two criticisms. One was the music he didn't like, which doesn't matter to me. Um, but second, he, his criticism was actually that I interrupt a lot. And I was like, oh my God, do not listen to anything before that because it was way worse. Yeah. It's hard not to interrupt and especially it being our own show, but that's why I always suggest like edit your own or get somebody that you trust that you can, can really give you an honest opinion because, um, it's easy to do. And it's not, I don't think it's really fun to listen to on the other person's side. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I just, I was just saying it's really relaxing actually. I've really been, sometimes I, well, you know, I mean, I've enjoyed all the, I've done a lot of interviews and I've enjoyed them, but I'm not always, I was just thinking how relaxed I felt actually just with you. So you're obviously doing something very right. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know being on a podcast can be kind of nerve wracking, like mm. being on the other end, you know, being at the, being the guest. So I try to make that as relaxing as possible. So Thank you for saying that. All right, you're welcome. <laughs> okay, so I want to ask you about um, coaching with you and what that actually looks like. So I know you have a membership, but you also have a one-on-one coaching mm-hmm. um, uh, platform, right, that you use. Um, so what does a one-on-one coaching session really look like with you or someone who comes into your world? What is your type of ideal client and what are they looking for? What does that really look like? Mm, I love that question. Thank you. So I work mainly with women. I I feel more comfortable with women. Um, I don't exclude men, but it's mainly women that I work with who are, all empathic for sure I have a very um, engaged community on Facebook um, and I've just started out on on Insta as you know Um, so yeah mainly empaths who who feel they have potential and obviously for me they're stepping into their light work so often they come to me because of that because they either have potential or you know they um they're working to purpose they know their sole purpose but they're still very much blocked so my soul mastery coaching that's one-to-one they would work with me for three months and we have just obviously contact time every week and it really is about working to clear and understand those unconscious limiting beliefs um, we work very closely with the Chiron wounding, which is delegated at the time of your birth. So I get a lot of understanding through the Chiron as to why that person really struggles 
with stepping into their power, stepping into their purpose. Um, I run high frequency energy on the clients as well. And I teach them light tools and techniques that they can. The idea is to get them to a point where they are independent and they can run their energy on themselves and they can use techniques to protect their energy, you know, because they're very empathic. Um, and we, I then do a very detailed totem card reading with them. And um, this will really help them. We, we And then we work with that to help them identify if they don't know what their sole purpose is, they then get glimpses into that. So the whole kind of program and package of the energy work, the techniques, the, the, the totem reading will really help them to open up to their sole purpose. But not only that, it, it kind of ignites that, you know, it's because there's one thing knowing, but it's then, you know, it's a whole empowerment process. You know, it's about stepping in and really owning your power, you know, and however, and everyone's purpose is different. Everyone's purpose will look different. And that's another thing about light workers, not every light worker works in the spiritual arena you know and, and mm. far from it in fact we have light workers everywhere and they're needed everywhere in every single field of work um but it's about ig- understanding that and igniting that within them so they they know how to bring it out in the world I really like that I like how you said that sometimes people even or I guess maybe even a, a large majority of people come into your world to find their soul's purpose. That's huge. That's really, really big work, right? Because I feel like so many women are not doing their soul purpose and maybe they don't know what it is. I could definitely relate to that. Um, not knowing like, wait, what am I, I don't know what really lights me up, you know, or what I get excited about. And I know so many women feel that way. Um, and then you said owning, right? Like not only just knowing it, but then like being confident and owning that. Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge thing we see, um, just collectively, but I think also in the online space, I see it a lot in coaches, like, um, or even uh, one of my girlfriends was telling me that she, she's a hairstylist and she would not say like, I'm a professional hairstylist because, a a limiting belief, right? Like I can't say that until this. And so I love that you not only help find what is your sole purpose, but also help you harness it and harness that energy and like Mm. own it. That's amazing. Mm. Very, very powerful. Mm. Thank you. I just love it. It lights me up. I know that that is my purpose. You know, you know, I think you just know when it is your purpose because you just, you can't imagine yourself doing anything else. You know, it's just mm-hmm. who you are. And so, yeah, I love it. And it comes like naturally, like it mm-hmm. flourishes. Yeah. Yeah. I never had that feeling until the podcast, mm-hmm. which is really strange, but well, I guess I did like talking to people, right? Like Mm -hmm. talking and helping people solve problems and, you know, friends, family, that type or holding space for people. But, um, yeah, it's really like when you have that feeling, like you're saying, like where you're like, it just feels right. It feels good. Mm -hmm. We kind of know what it is, right. It, it, it's a different type of feeling. It's really amazing. And it's not, it's not about changing the world. I mean, it may be for some people, you know, that, that, 
they they really are going to be game changers and trailblazers in in whatever field of work they do but it's we're always we've always done elements of our purpose haven't we like you say you've always been someone who maybe attracts people and people love to torture and they love to bear their soul to you but you've found a platform that really allows you to hold that space because that's what you're doing right in that podcast you are holding space for people and that you know you know that's it that's where you're meant to be and you know that really lights you up so that's that's beautiful you know and it and like I said it looks it, it's so different for everybody but as long as you're on purpose um you know you you will feel completely fulfilled in that respect right and like you said mm-hmm. like that could look different too mm-hmm. even down the road for someone who may have the same or even me but anybody right like it doesn't have to be um look a certain way or use a certain modality because you know, I could be holding space, just using this as an example, you, I could be doing the same thing, amplifying other people and holding space for them, not on a podcast, but, um, even not even through coaching, it could be through being like a advocate for doctors or, um, patients or whatever, you know, it could be any modality. So I really like that. You're not, um, super defining it, but rather giving an overall picture And then it gives, it's so open ended that it can really be applied. I mean, I say this all the time as like, everything is everything, right? So it's like, you can apply that literally everywhere. Um, So whatever field you're in or whatever field you want to change into. It it should be fluid, shouldn't it? Because in in a way fluid, um, because we evolve as well and like and what might be one you know I think we'd always be doing elements of our purpose but it that can shift I feel that can shift over time as well you know and I think that if we put ourselves in a box that in a way creates more more restrictive problems doesn't it yeah I think it's healthy to shift yeah. those right yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah yeah Um, so then what does your membership look like and how is that different than like a one-on-one? So, oh, thank you. I'm so, I'm just getting really, that is my baby, my membership. This is something that was in my heart from a very, very long time ago. I created it because when I was awakening, which took years, I wasn't like a sudden kind of meteoric yay that's it I'm awake I really really struggled with stepping into my power um and it was mainly because well probably because I didn't apart from my sister had no one around me that kind of saw things from that bigger picture that higher perspective and I you know I really struggled I had a lot of health issues and all this sort of thing um so I always said to myself especially when I was you know I was starting to train in in a modality and I knew I was going more into the spiritual arena with things I always said to myself I need to establish some sort of community where people can come so um, that's exactly what I did so uh, the membership is about supporting empathic light workers or empaths you know to really 
you know, have somewhere, a high frequency space where they can elevate their energy, where they can be understood, where they can align. Our thing is to align to the lunar cycles and the cosmic cycles and seasonal cycles. So it's very, it's all about cyclical living and understanding the impact of you know, retrogrades and meteor showers and all those sorts of things, you know, all that energy and how it impacts on us. So, you know, we we kind of come together every week. I run energy. I talk about, you know, the energy that's going on, the main cosmic stuff. Um, and it's just somewhere to feel connected. It's We have some incredible women in there. Um, and it's just somewhere to feel understood as well. And, um, you know, we, we a lot of the women are experiencing big, big shifts as well. I'm someone who probably like you, Alicia, just I like to share what what's been going on in my world and put a kind of spiritual kind of higher understanding spin on it so that people can see that we it doesn't matter how much inner work we are doing, we all struggle, but it's about how we navigate that. And that's what I'm trying to exemplify so that to support people, you know, just from a higher perspective. To me, it's, we all get so caught up in what's going on in our day-to-day that we sometimes forget to rise above and say, and just say, okay, th- there is a higher learning in this. Um, you know, and it's all of those things that I kind of weave together to help support light workers to really shine their light. That's the idea behind it. I love it. I love it so much because it's community is like so important. And I love how you said, like, just to, they come together to be understood, to have a place where people understand what they're going through. They can share, you know, it doesn't feel like you said, like emotional dumping. It's everyone who Um. comes together and sees these things for what they are like on the same energy level as you is really, really powerful. I think, um, I want to ask you how much like community in not only that group but just in your work in general has impacted you and your clients yeah for, um, I mean, it's massive I've I, I don't know I always feel that when women come together magic happens I've always sensed that and I've always said that and I feel that it's just knowing that we're not alone that we all go through shitty times and you know we 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 learn to navigate that and you know i know that because i'm someone who's completely passionate about living um in a conscious way um you know i like to share you know my struggles but in a not in a dumping way but in a okay that's happened but this is what i've learned from it so that you know this it helps support everybody. And if we didn't have that community feel, um, you know, we also have a buddy system. So, you know, that they're kind of reinforcing what I'm saying to each other and helping each other, you know, it's, it's just becomes a support network of, of women and, and some men that um, just get it on a different level, because you don't, I don't know about you, but I am not surrounded by many people who get the woo-woo. And, you know, you really have to 
find a way of saying what you feel, but in a very tempered way, you know, in my everyday existence, I always, I always um, say what I mean, but there's different levels, isn't there? Do you know what I mean? But in the community, we all feel we can just be out there and we love it. Um, So yeah, that community is, you know, just having those like-minded people, I think is really important for that. It's interesting how you said like tempered, but not like you always say what you mean, but then, yeah, it's because, you know, sometimes it, when you're deep in this world, right. Of whatever world you're in, and then you start talking to someone who may be on the outskirts of that world or mm-hmm. a little bit less in the inside, right. Or maybe out in left field. Um, I think some, the tendency I've seen is for people to like pull back sometimes if they don't understand, um, the words and the verbiage that you're using and how you're explaining it. Right. So, or it can be overwhelming. Right. And so we probably shut down when we are overwhelmed. So I love that you use the word tempered and Mm -hmm. like, kind of like readjusting to like normal, like verbiage. Right. Um, but having people that you can use your whole vocabulary and fully express how you're feeling. And like, just like you said, just be free around is so, so powerful. I, I know so many coaches have talked about like, Oh, creating a community and like add community to your programs and your courses. And people really want that. And I just never really, I, it didn't really click until this year for me or last year, I guess, 2022. And it, yeah, I, now I understand what everyone was talking about. It is really powerful to be surrounded by those people because like you said, like when you're not, like you said, in everyday life for probably most of us, if we're doing inner work, probably a lot of people around us are not going to be. And so it can feel very isolating. It can feel like you are not connecting. Yeah, is because I'm really blessed actually because my sister's really into all of this as well. So we have these, you know, I know I can be completely, you know, just completely, she gets it, you know, she just gets me and I get her on a whole different level. Um, but you know, we we know that we without saying it, it's like they hold space for you. Do you know what I mean? They they hold that vision for you. They you know, I mean, I have a different way of seeing my healing, for example, that I know I couldn't talk to to a lot of my friends because they just wouldn't get it. They wouldn't get that I feel that my body can heal. And do you know what I mean? When we, mm-hmm. you know, we all have our own things, but um, I don't know. I just feel it's really important that there are other people in your life that hold that vision. For me, it's holding that vision, holding that space for you to be your highest expression of you. Because if you didn't have that, I think it'd be really difficult to hold that for yourself and hold you within that. Do you know what I mean? Yes, mm. I do. It's hard, right? When you're just going through this in the beginning and and maybe nobody around you is seeing that vision that you see. Mm. And it can be really discouraging, like mm. having that vision and then trying to explain it to someone or even just give a little, um, insight into that and no one understanding it. Um, but I think that again, comes back to confidence and really seeing that as 
you really truly believe you are going to achieve whatever that highest version is. Um, but the way that we build confidence is by reinforcing it. And so even if it's reinforced by other people at first, right. And then we get to reinforce it for ourselves can be really, really helpful. So I love it. I love, I love a membership. Um, I think it's really, really powerful. I going to, I feel like we're going to see it a lot more in the coaching space and in yeah. a lot of spaces because of how much community is really needed. And I think that, mm. um, post COVID world, right. Like coming out of that lockdown, mm. um, I think that was where we really were like, okay, I need to be around other people, even if it's on zoom, even if it's on um, whatever it is, I want to be around the people that are like me. Yeah, I think that's opened up a lot. You know, like businesses have realized that things work and work, you know, online. And um, and you know what's so interesting as well is that we're, we're moving into that Aquarian age now and Aquarius energy is all about the collective it's all about unity consciousness it's it's community so I feel that we have that cosmic influence as well and I feel that you know during COVID so many people really suffer because of that probably to an extent where they didn't realize how important you know human contact actually is so um yeah I really feel that community is becoming you know, com- becoming sort of coming to the forefront more. And I mean, obviously there are still people that are isolating and it's, but you know, the COVID, you know, I don't know, this whole thing has really brought out a lot of fear for people, but ultimately I think community will be our savior. I, I really do. That will be, that will be our strength that, you know, I really feel that. Yeah. Can you explain what you mean by Aquarius a- or Aquarian age and Aquarius energy? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So, um, so we have these kind of, we, you know, we're very cyclical, right? We have years, yearly cycles, monthly cycles, lunar cycles. And we also have these bigger, bigger cycles of energy. Um, and the overarching one is the, is the, um, there are about thousand year cycles where we were prior to the Aquarius energy. I think we stepped into the Aquarian age, I think it was the beginning of um, 2021 where we started to step into it. I can't quite remember, but it is a thousand year cycle. Okay, so it's bringing through Aquarian consciousness. Okay, and before that, we're in the Piscean age. Um, so Aquarian ages is that that's really that that energy is really influencing us. And if you are Aquarian, if you have that in your birth chart, you're going to be feeling that even more. You're going to be even more activated within yourself because of that. Um, but but this is why we're really feeling um intense energy right now because we're shifting into a different cycle that's impacting everybody the planet um so you know things are very intense basically and it's you know it's really impacting our consciousness and our way of seeing things this is why we're also seeing sort of breakdowns of old structures like hierarchies and I don't know whether you've been aware but globally there's a lot of kind of things coming to light you know, old ways of being or, you know, people that have kind of not been doing really good things that are kind of um, coming out of the woodwork. 
um, you know, financially, you know, economically, um, you know, health wise as well, just lots of things that are kind of imploding. And this is because we what I feel and what I believe is that we're stepping into a very new way of seeing things, dealing with things. Aquarian energy is very independent, very free thinking. So we're starting to question a lot of things, which I think is not a bad thing. Um, you know, people are coming more independent, maybe doing off-grid living, you know, things like that. That's very Aquarian. Um, so you can see, you can appreciate where it's all going, right? Yeah, um, I do. You know, yeah, it's I can just see it. You know, hierarchies like banking structure, you know, things that are just heavy and old and archaic schooling education everything everything is having a shake up um although you know a lot of people are not realizing that on the con on a higher level of consciousness but you know and this is it it's, it's creating this kind of big wave and ripple and, and it's a good thing it's very chaotic at the minute but it's a good thing and I think it's making people realize that really we need to become self-reliant we need to go within. We need to do these inner practices now because we can't rely on outward things anymore. They're just crumbling, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, my husband's an Aquarius and oh. it's interesting. So interesting. That's why I was like, let me see what she means by that. Because, you know, anytime I think of an Aquarius, which I also have, I do attract a lot of Aquariuses into my life. Um, yeah, they're very like free thinking, dismantling mm -hmm. um, the sh the limiting beliefs or mm -hmm. disrupting, you know, those like systems and structures, they go kind of like off on their own thing or mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I just, I'm like, I can totally see that now that you said that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting that you said a thousand year cycle yeah. um, because that is I was just thinking about how, like you were saying, like big banks and like, um, with the rise of like cryptocurrency or, yeah. um, any type of, um, what is it called? D, um, is that decent decentralized? Thank you. Yeah. 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 Decentralized anything, right. Mm. Is, is very, very, uh, gaining a lot of momentum right now. So I, yeah. I really, really see that. And I think, like you said, it's a really good thing it can be chaotic at the beginning, but, you know, as a society, as a collective, as a world, you know, we have to move forward. And I think fighting that is probably like the worst thing that we can do. But I think, gosh, man, I'm like, I have so many things to say on this, but we were watching, um, <laughs> Renee and I were watching a, um, documentary on old world civilizations that were built on top of others. Right. So like, had a whole like town city infrastructure and then just got wiped out or slowly lost you know people or whatever I don't even know how they were not there anymore but it's like an old relic or something like that like imagine going to like the pyramids or something like that right mm -hmm. like it's old already when you get there and then you build on top of it like mm -hmm. slowly sediment goes on top of it and then it becomes just part of the you know the earth and then then they build on top of it and again and again and again. And it was like seven or eight layers, right? And how they found all these different structures underneath. And that's kind of what I'm envisioning when you're talking about like the thousand year cycles, mm -hmm. because 
there's also, I'm going to get a little off, but I promise I'll bring it back. Um, there's also like a belief that we go through those cycles as humans Mm -hmm. and the way that we evolve. So like that people could have already gone and had all this technology Mm -hmm. and then we go back to like a, it like resets almost or not resets, but it kind of regresses back to like a caveman style, um, a way of living or whatever, right? Even if we're talking about technologies or just society in general, and then we go again through that cycle and again and again and again. Um, very conspiracy theory-esque, but I think it does make sense when we yeah. think about how, like you said, we go through these cycles and we're always on a cycle. It's just, yeah, very, can be like super, super interesting to think of all those things. But if you don't get caught up on the little things, right. You don't get caught up on like, did these civilizations exist or are we going back to caveman days and getting like, uh, distracted with that. You can just appreciate the fact that like, we're always on this cycle of progression or regression, and it can help you kind of understand these larger worldly things that's happening and not be so, like you said, distracted about them or distressed and uh, let them affect your emotional state. Anyways. Yeah. That is fascinating to me. Mm. Um, just on a large, uh, view. But yeah, it's that expansiveness, isn't it? That just gets me really, I go really ungrounded. That's the Aquarian energy, (laughs) you know, but they're very quirky. They're very up and out there. I don't know if your husband can get a bit ungrounded and a bit floaty, but but I love it. It it expands me, you know, that's why I love the cosmology because it, it's just like those little things don't really matter anymore, you know, in that bigger picture, that bigger consciousness. And I don't feel the fear around things, um, you know, so much, do you know what I mean? Because I know that there's just higher things going on and yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's like small things really aren't that big yeah. of a deal anymore. You know, sometimes you, like you said, they're like, sometimes things get you, but, and, and make you react or trigger, but mm-hmm. But in the big scheme of thing, I think that's why, um, or I don't think I know, that's why they say like grounding or connecting like and going into the ocean or even seeing the ocean, right, is so powerful because you're like um, looking out and as far as you can see, there's water and you're like, holy shit, there is literally thousands of animals in that body of water. I can't even see to the end of it and like... I am just this person in this, you know, on this beach with a hundred other people. So like, all I can see is thousands of other living things moving and breathing and going on and living their lives. And why am I so upset about something so trivial? You know, like, why is this such a big deal? Um, That's why that can be really powerful. I feel. Definitely puts it in perspective, doesn't it? For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love that your like overarching theme, I think of you and then also just your business and your, um, words that you used for this year, the key words that you used for this year was really like getting in tune with yourself mm-hmm. and checking in with yourself, um, and going within, you know, that's like 
I feel like a really big theme of you and what you talked about. And that's something I talk about a lot on the podcast. Actually, it comes up pretty much every podcast, right? You ask someone like, how did you get into this? Or what made you realize that, you know, this, whatever. And it's always self-reflection. It always comes back to self-reflection and reconnecting with yourself. So I love that that is really woven throughout you and your business. We were talking about community and your membership. So I want to bring it back there. Um, how can people get in on the membership or get into the membership? And you mentioned that it's for light workers, but you also mentioned light workers don't have to be someone in the spiritual realm. So who is it really geared towards? Yeah, it's empaths and, and light workers, you know, people are highly sensitive, people um, that maybe are struggling with protecting their energy or, you know, feel like they have potential, but they don't really know where where that's leading. Or even people that, you know, are on purpose, but but just want they just want to keep on track with their north path and and um just want to be with other like-minded empaths and light workers and are interested in moonology and um cosmology as well and we, you know we do moon rituals things like that as well so for manifestation intention and and clarity so you know it's is there any of those things that that if if or if anything that I've been saying tonight resonates and, and you're interested, then yeah, definitely check it out. I think that that is super helpful too for anybody that's into or getting into the spiritual realm or starting to pay attention to like, oh, it's a new moon or like, should I set my crystals out? Right. And like mm-hmm. those small things that we do at the beginning. And um, it can be really confusing seeing a lot of different things online. So I know for me, I was like, wait, I'm so confused. Like this one says this, this one says that. Um, So I think that's a good way to intro into it as well. And to have a place where you can go and really get like one source for that versus getting all your, collecting all your information from different sources online. So um, I'll have the link for that below for you guys. So if you guys want to check it out, highly, highly would recommend, um, you can tell we're on the same wavelength. So, um, I'll link that for you guys down below. I'll also have her Instagram linked for you guys, as well as, um, I'll have a link for your one-on-one. Um, do you do it through application or appointment or so um the, yeah, so they can get that with the, through the link they can get to me and, and oh, they perfect. Can out a form and and we can just kind of discuss whether it's the right fit for them. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. I'll also have a link down below for her for her one-on-one services as well. If you guys are interested in that, um, I'm super excited and I'm really happy that you were able to come on and you pitched in the email. Um, and we're going to end it out with a little bit of a rapid fire questions. It will never be rapid fire with me because I like to talk, but we'll try to make it as rapid fire as possible. So I usually start with, um, what is your favorite food? Oh, um, without thinking, um, cheese. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. I don't think I've ever had that one as an answer. So I love it when I get a new answer. What type of cheese do you like? Any. Any cheese. Cheese fiend. Yeah. I love cheese. I do love cheese a lot too. And wait, you are based in the UK. Yeah. So your cheese does not have, um, like it's not as processed 
as oh, is that correct I don't know I don't well we have blocks I don't know actually I'm not really, <laughs> I'm not really I, just, I kind of just eat cheese but I don't know no I don't think it's not all plasticky and I mean we have all sorts of different types but um I don't know how it compares to other cheeses in other countries I've just heard from my friend who um, doesn't eat a lot of dairy, which I don't eat a lot of dairy either, but I do love cheese. Um, Mm. He was saying that when he goes to the UK or he goes really anywhere in Europe, he doesn't have any issues with cheese. Um, So I have to to figure out what he means and why that is, but I think it'll probably be from the dairy that we have in the US, like cow dairy. um, Well, any like, I guess- any mammal dairy <laughs> like I can't think of another name for that. <laughs> animal dairy gosh <laughs> sometimes I like cannot think of the words that I'm looking to use because I feel like my brain is so um in different directions when I'm trying to pin all these different things in my mind anyways um okay wait you also mentioned that you have a podcast coming yes Yes. Yeah. Okay. So tell us what, what is your podcast name and what is it about? And when does it, when does it release? Thank you. So it's the Lunar Light Worker podcast, surprise, surprise. And it's just me at the moment. I'm establishing my voice. Um, I think I've got to about the 30th episode now, so it's really new, um, but I'm loving it. I released every single week. And it's often based on what's going on cosmologically or, you know, any experiences I've had. And again, just giving that high perspective. So they're quite short episodes, but I'm trying to do them for about 20 minutes. And it's just anyone who's interested again, or just needs more support or more like a kind of different shift of perspective around things. um, I definitely recommend you listening. Yeah. Awesome. I'll have that linked for you guys down below. I didn't realize you were 30 episodes in. You said I just started it. I'm like, whoa, that's a lot. (laughs) Is it? Oh, I do it every week though. So that's true. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um, okay. Um, do you drink alcohol? Yes, but I've never been a big drinker actually. My, both my parents were quite heavy drinkers thinking about it. Um, and I don't know whether it's because of that. We were, my mum was French, so we were always, we were always given wine with water, even as young children. Um, and I don't know, I've just never, because of that, drank a lot. Although you probably know in, in England, especially there's a big binge drinking culture. Um, so a lot of my friends drink a lot. Um, but but I, So I drink, but not a lot. Okay. Okay, good. What is your drink of choice? Um, I love red wine and I'm just really loving Prosecco at the moment. Me too. Me too. I have really been into Proseccos. Um, yeah, I think that's really interesting about like the difference, right, of cultures mm. in the U.S. Obviously, you have also a big binge drinking um, oh, culture, but oh. it comes um, like after the age of um, or it comes before the age of, uh, drinking here is 21. But, um, I think what I see a lot of times is, well, obviously in the U S a lot more parents or just in general, we're way more restrictive with alcohol. Mm -hmm. Um, and so 
I think that leads to a lot of times more excess when you're able to do it, right? Or when you're able to like mm-hmm. do it on your own or whatever, right? Is drink on your own as you have that big binge drinking culture. Um mm-hmm. says a lot for like what we like what restrictions we have, not mm-hmm. laws, but what restrictions we place on ourselves or others, right? And then wanting to like the human nature of wanting to like not be restricted. It's interesting. Mm, definitely. Yeah. I mean, we, we have, uh, we have teenage sons and we've encouraged them to drink, you know, I mean, not, they're not like, you know, drinking and getting drunk, but I've, I'm operating on the same basis mm-hmm. as well. Cause I, I just think it, it restriction is never a good thing. Yeah. It almost, like you said, like when you restrict it, it's like, wait, why can't I have that? I want to figure out why I want to know why I'm not allowed mm-hmm. to do this. Um, and then that's, you know, uh, curiosity, but when you remove that, it's like almost not that enticing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Back to the rapid fire. Um, okay. So you drink of choice. What's your coffee order? If you go get a coffee out, what is your coffee order? Um, I don't actually drink coffee. Okay. So whenever we go to a cafe, I usually have Earl Grey tea with um, soy milk or oat milk. So I'm not very good with dairy, with, with dairy milk. I love cheese, but I, I don't seem to be able to digest milk like dairy milk. So I yeah. love Earl Grey tea too. Love it. Mm. Love that. Mm. Um, okay. If you go to the movies, um, do you, what type of candy do you bring? Uh, so always chocolate or with something chocolatey like minstrels or something like that. Probably. Mm. Mm. Okay, good. Chocolate. Yeah. Do you like a sweet and salty mix, like a chocolate covered pretzel or like? Um, no. Yeah, I don't mind salt in it, but. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind that, but I don't know. The, it's just, if it's chocolate, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's easy. That's easy. Yeah. Love that. Um, what was your, do you guys, do you, you personally, sorry, not you in a different country. <laughs> I feel so awkward asking these questions. Cause as soon as I think <laughs> of them, I'm like, oh my God, maybe she doesn't do that. Maybe <laughs> I'm like, maybe I'm using the wrong word for that. Um, but what was your best Amazon purchase? You use Amazon? Yeah. What was your best Amazon purchase this month? Oh, this month. Oh my God. I've bought oh no, I tell you what, I bought this week. Um, I bought some turmeric. Oh my god, like a a turmeric blend. No, sorry, it was last week, but I'm I'm really using it every day. Oh my god, my energy has just rocket skyrocketed. I know it's really probably a bit boring, but no. Um yeah, I put it in a bit of apple juice with hot water every morning and I can definitely feel a difference in my energy levels. I love that. What mm. is blended with it? Because you mentioned well, it's a blend. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe it's what's in it. It's maca and there mm. was some, I think there was something else, but I can't remember it. But it was definitely predominantly turmeric. It's bright orange turmeric with with definitely with the maca in it and I and maybe a bit of cacao um yeah I think maybe there was cacao in it as well I think maca might have energy too in it if Um, I'm remembering correctly so that might be part of it too but I know that they do say turmeric is good for energy levels and mm -hmm. I mean 
worlds of things. So mm-hmm. I love that. You could do a um, turmeric like latte with steamed Ooh. um either like oat milk or soy milk too. I know that like a golden milk latte, that'd be really good without the coffee. <laughs> yeah, without the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds good actually. I never thought about that. Oh, that does sound really good. Yeah. Um, if you were not doing your business as you do it now, right? Um, working in uh the light worker industry and the spiritual world and doing all these things as a um coach, I would say, um, what would you be doing? You know what? <laughs> it's really weird. And I don't know why, but I've always thought it must be so nice to be a florist or a dog walker. Interesting. Yeah. I love both of those. Mm. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Thank you for coming on, sharing your light and your energy with us um, and sharing what you do. Um, I found it so interesting. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Um, I'll, like I said, I'll have everything for her linked down below in the show notes. And then also on Instagram, you guys can follow her there, follow the podcast at confident AF podcast on Instagram. And thank you so much for coming. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, it's been a real pleasure. I've really had a lovely, I don't even know how long we've been on, but it's been really lovely. Thank you, Alicia. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening and I will see you next week. 